Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. If you're listening to this on Friday, which if you have sick kids, you might just be doing this the day of. And why not? It can feel pretty crazy sometimes, right? Okay. So because this is episode number 30, I'm going to read a review. Before I do, I just want to tell you that I appreciate all of you who have reviewed the podcast this week. I really appreciate those reviews and I thank you for putting the time in. I've seen the new ones come in. I so appreciate it. Um, If you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm at Lizzie Langston. And if you're new here, welcome by the way. Okay. This review is by Kimberly pop 600 and Kimberly pop says, well, it's titled raw, real, and relatable. She says, I found this podcast in my postpartum journey after my fourth baby. I knew I needed help and was guided to find Lizzie. What I love about her is that she is telling the raw truth about her experiences. So you don't feel alone in your own experiences. You can relate. She is vulnerable and that makes her so easy to relate to and listen to, to find advice. She spoke to me so much. I hired her as my life coach. We are having major breakthroughs and I'm coming out of my depression and taking ownership for my life with her help. Listen to her and then hire her to help guide needed changes in your life. Okay. So there's no secrets here. I just wanted to tell you, Kim is one of my clients and I loved her review. I mean, I love all the reviews. I just thought this one was so cool because she tells us she's having major breakthroughs and she's coming out of her depression and taking ownership for her life um, with the help that she's chosen in the world. And I couldn't be more honored to be your coach, Kim. So shout out to you. And I do see you making breakthroughs. I get a little emotional about all my clients and the breakthroughs they're making. It is why I do what I do. My friends, I was just thinking tonight as I was chatting with a client, we'd kind of done our work for the night. We were just talking about other things. She lives not that far away from me. We're thinking about meeting up, talking about some functional health stuff. And as I got off Voxer tonight, I was just like, you know, the money's fun. It's great, but really what the best currency is for me and what my dreams have been just so come true with in my coaching is the women that it brings into my life. You guys, these podcast listeners, the reviews you leave, the DMs that you bring me on Instagram and just pop in and say, Hey, I just wanted you to know that this thing that you said on Instagram really helped me like keep doing your work in the world. And I look at you guys and I go stalk you and your profiles. Cause I just love you all. You're like my sisters. And I just think what a wonderful world and these amazing women. And I did that. I really do feel like I have earned this journey and I've magnetically attracted all of you into my life because of this work and the hard work that I've done to be who I really did want to be and who I do want to be and not just to be the default me, the one that got angry a lot. 
I decided I didn't want to get angry a lot and I wanted to work on it. And I did. And I found a coach and the depression. I didn't want to do depression anymore. I wanted to get out of it. I wanted to figure it out. And I did. And I hired a coach and I worked through it, you know, and now I'm doing homeschooling and I just finished my last session today with my homeschool coach. We did six weeks together and it was so hard this whole journey and it's not over at all by any means. But coaching just transforms you. And you know what? It's not just the coaching. Because there's a lot of people who go through coaching and they might say, hmm, eh. I mean, I've never really met someone that's done that. But people quit, right? I've had clients that have quit. But it's really you guys. It's the belief that you start to cultivate even before you hop on the consult and then before you come my client. And nobody, nobody, nobody can do that for you. So my hope is that any of these podcast episodes and everything I post on Instagram and this review by my sweet client, Kim, inspires you to start to think differently about how are you going to be who you want to be? Who do you want to be? And how are you going to get there? And if you don't know the answer and you don't have a clear plan, then get yourself a coach and make it happen. Stop waiting. Okay. On to the episode, sick kids, dude, we have a lot to talk about with this today. Some of the things we're going to talk about are just for a little overview. Um, the first struggle, which I think is just wrapping your head around, okay, they're sick. Like you weren't expecting it. So kind of adjusting our expectations for the day and also sometimes for the week, maybe canceling plans, stuff like that. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about, which is, I think probably the most important topic here is mom's self-care needs and how to meet them when your kids are sick. So that's very important. Stick around for that one. Okay. Then we're going to be also just mentioning a little bit the fear and anxiety. I just want to tell you, I'm not going to go a lot into, um, if you have a lot of fear and anxiety with your kids being sick, especially if it's a more serious illness and it's a smaller child or even a baby. Um, but definitely if that's you go check out episode 13 about panic attacks and anxiety, if you're wanting a lot of support with that, because we're not really going to touch on that as much in this episode. This is going to be more like a general sickness, you know, a cold, the flu. Um, but if you're in the hospital and you're really scared about how things are going to turn out, or even if you're not in the hospital yet, or your baby's not in the hospital, but you're just freaking out over whatever sickness they have, you can listen to this episode. That'll be helpful. But then also episode 13 will be helpful too. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you guys about my experiences. I'm going to tell you about the winter of 2016. Cue the dreadful music. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dude, though, it was intense. So at the time, 2016, okay, I had a 20-month-old boy and a two-month-old girl. Jensen was my boy, is my boy, and Rosalyn was just born, right? So this is January 2016. And it started with some bronchiolitis with my oldest, Jensen. So he came down with this nasty respiratory thing, took him into the doctor. We got him on albuterol because he was wheezing and having a hard time breathing and coughing a lot. Not so bad, right? Just a couple albuterol treatments throughout the day. Well, I got it, and so did my husband. And my voice completely went away for a while, so that was fun. Then Rosalyn, my two-month-old got it. Actually at this time she was more like six weeks old. She got bronchiolitis, but for her at just, okay, no, 11 weeks old, it turned into pneumonia. Okay. And then, so I had two kids on breathing, breathing treatments and one of them being 11 weeks old and hers was pneumonia. Then Jensen got a double ear infection, both ears. So he had fevers. I got him on antibiotics, but one night he had a febrile seizure. 
And I don't know if you have ever experienced a febrile seizure, if you know what it is. If you're a newer mom, you probably haven't really heard of it. Those of us who maybe have had more kids, more fevers, seen more stuff like this, you know what it is. But basically, it's when your child's temperature spikes pretty quickly and they start to have a seizure. And it can look different for each kid. For mine, it wasn't your typical, you know, where their whole body's seizing, their mouth is foaming. It wasn't anything like that. And I don't even know if that's really how it goes with febrile seizures. But for mine, what happened was one night I put him in his crib and he was like moaning and it was not normal. And I had just finished nursing my baby. So I put her in the bouncer and I go and check on him and he's not responding to me. And here I am, my husband's, it's like 10 PM and he's in his senior year of mechanical engineering. So he's still at school and I call 911 because he's not, he's like not opening his eyes. He's super hot with fever. I'd given him medication, but it doesn't matter the temperature as much as the fact that it spikes so quickly. That's kind of what can set off one of these febrile seizures. So if you have anxiety, I'm sorry, that probably wasn't fun to hear. Um, just know that the good news is febrile seizures don't actually harm your child's brain or anything like that. They're just scary to go through, but they're actually harmless from what I understand. Every time I've like one, that time I had to take him into the hospital and they're like, you know what? This is the most common thing we've seen with kids in the ER this year. And it's fine. They just give them some more medication to bring their fever down. And it's really just a waiting game, but it's not like there's damage. Um, I think there's an age limit. Like if they're over a certain age, there's not damage. I don't know. You'll have to research that if you're worried about it. All right, back to the story. So Jensen has this febrile seizure. We all got pink eye. I got food poisoning at one point while I'm trying to nurse a baby. Not like during the moment, but you know, I'm a nursing mom. Then I get food poisoning coming out of both ends. Like, and I was trying to still have enough milk for her. It was basically crazy. So that was January through March. We were sick back to back to back with the pneumonia and the ear infections. And I remember Jensen, my oldest that had the double ear infections was dizzy and couldn't walk straight. And it was really funny and also kind of sad. So when I talk about sick kids, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. I, I know, I know the worst of it. I mean, I shouldn't say the worst. Cause I do think that, um, well, first of all, circumstances are neutral, right? <laughs> so sickness is neutral, but I just want you to know that I have felt your pain And I have also experienced not having time to shower or get groceries even. Um, The the shame of trying to ask for help or having to ask for help. The feeling of not being able to ask for help because uh, that no babysitters want to be around our children when they're sick, right? So I know how this goes. Sometimes I think about these hard times and I think, how could God have let this all happen to me? all at once, right? And maybe your circumstances, friend, are not as serious, maybe, or haven't gone on for three months at a time like mine did, but maybe they have. I know a couple of my clients have had back-to-back-to-back sicknesses this winter, so maybe that's you guys as well. And I know I wanted to always just think, how is this possible? This should not happen. Like This is breaking a law of the universe. I would sort of just be in denial of it, fight against it, complain a lot about it, and that was just part of my experience of the sick kids. Sometimes I look at the pictures right before Rosalind was born and I ache for and long for the me that never knew these depths of loneliness and struggle. But I want you guys to know every day when I coach my clients in their hard times, I am reminded of something, which is how strong and capable I've become through the struggle because of the struggle and managing my mind around the struggle. Strong and capable in a way I never could have been before. To the extent that 
we experience pain and suffering, you and I, we always experience the same degree of the opposites, joy and freedom. So I just want to preface all that I will say and teach in this episode with this. It's okay to feel bad for yourself. Okay. And it's okay if this situation that you're going through right now doesn't bring out the best in you. But I offer you this thought when it comes to sick kids, it comes down to two options in my opinion. Okay. You either choose to believe it shouldn't be happening and you're in denial and kicking against it in some form, right? You wish it, you wish it wasn't happening. You wish they didn't let their kid go to school so that your kid didn't get sick. And there's all of that energy spent on how you wish it didn't and what we could have done differently and ugh, that we're here. Or the other option is you choose to believe that there's a purpose in it. If you choose to believe there's a purpose in things as they are, you will be more resilient. It's the secret of the universe. And so the question I want to ask you before I delve in today is, do you think it's possible? Like just play pretend here. Do you think it's possible that there could be a lesson from the universe, from God, if you're God-fearing? Do you think this could be an opportunity for growth? Because heaven knows that all of the times my kids have been sick, I've learned so many lessons. Patience, trust, openness with the universe, vulnerability. I've had to manage my anxiety. There are so many things. Connectedness with my children ability to serve them when they really cannot do it themselves and getting to know their personalities as they're in suffering when they're not typically there. There's so many sweet moments, the cuddles and the nostalgia of how your mom cared for you when you were sick, when you were little and bringing in those traditions when you care for your sweet children. There can be joy in it, friends. And when you believe that there's a purpose to be found, that there's some point to this suffering or this negative experience, whatever. You'll go from complaining and feeling like this is hard and it's inconvenient, which by the way, I'm not faulting you for thinking any of those things. And frankly, sometimes I believe some of those things are true, but you'll notice that your focus will shift on truly just serving and finding solutions and it will be a more peaceful experience that will feel faster. Let's talk about that first moment you realize your kid is sick and you were not anticipating this. Let's say maybe they're at a birthday party and then the host calls you and says that they just threw up or right. Maybe you see their potty in the toilet and you realize it's diarrhea and you're like, great. Or you change their diaper and that's what you find. Okay. So the moment when you're like, Oh, I think they're sick. Like, you know, or they, you hear their breathing or their snotty nose What are your thoughts usually, or maybe this hasn't happened a lot. If you're a newer mom, what are your thoughts for me? I instantly want to think about where they got sick. I'm like, who did this to us? (laughs) Where did they bring this home from? Where were we two days ago? Right? Cause they say that the incubation period for a little virus or bacteria is like two to three days. So I'm always retracing my steps. Like how could this have happened? So interesting. And I don't think that's wrong by any means, Um, But the point is, again, this is where I want you to tune into your brain and be like, wait a second, that's me trying to undo what's already done. Now it's still valuable, right? Because you can learn, okay, if constantly they're coming home from this one friend's house sick, then of course I'm not going to, 
you know, I, I might need to talk to their mom or maybe just make sure I'm better about having them wash their hands before and after whatever. But, um, other than that though, and looking into the future, there's not a whole lot of reason to go back and be like, why did this happen? How did this happen? And just watch your feelings there because if you stay there, you're going to have a lot harder time actually being intuitive, you know, figuring out what your child needs and creatively finding solutions moving forward. So anyway, you've cleaned up their mess. You're asking where they got it from. And now what? This is where I want you to pay attention to what your brain wants to do. Your brain is going to want to cling to the expectations that you had for the day or the week. Your brain is going to want to tell you that because this is different and new, it's going to be worse and harder for us. Our brains don't like change. They struggle greatly with that. Our lower brains, okay? Our primitive brain. And so just notice that that's what your brain's going to offer you. And that's kind of the picture it's going to paint for you. But I just want you to know that one of my main victories this last year in 2019 was finally feeling like I actually have a good time when the kids are sick. I really do enjoy the extra cuddles and I look forward to that. So it's never fun to see them in pain and clean up their messes, like all of that. But I also even got to the point this last year too, where when I cleaned up their messes, I felt such love and service for them and toward them and it drew us closer. So I want you to imagine, could you get to a place where sick kids was a sweet experience for you? What would you need to do on your regular daily life so that you would have the emotional capacity and bandwidth to give so much to them during that time? I just want you to consider if sick kids, if sickness totally throws you and like plunges you down into this emotional space that's not healthy for you and you don't like it and it's yucky. The whole sick kids thing is just a big problem for you. My guess is that on the daily, when your kids are not sick, your cup is not full enough. In other words, you aren't doing enough for yourself. And so when you add one more stressor on top, it's just the thing that takes you over the edge. It's either that or you just have some habits around thinking about your kids being sick, just some mental habits, like thoughts that you tend to think about this one particular circumstance that have not been examined and that are creating your negative experience of sickness. All right, next I want to share a few thoughts that feel kind of sacred to me. These are thoughts that I've created on my own intentionally during my journey with sick kids and when sicknesses have popped up in our family. And I've created these thoughts one by one. These have all come to me kind of over time. I've created them over time to help me manage my mind and my emotions around sick babies. So I'll just share the thoughts and definitely feel free to write down and use the ones that you love. So the first thought that I love is we all take turns right? Especially when your brain wants to go problem solve, like how did this happen? It's like, you know what? We all just take turns. This is part of being a human family on earth all at the same time community. We share things with one another for better or for worse, right? So we all take turns. Another one that I love when you're caring for sick kids is this is a chance at deeper connection, right? When your child is more vulnerable They are also more open and you're being vulnerable by giving them their time, 
by being around them when they're maybe grumpy or or needy or whatever, by turning over your time for all the doctor's visits, vis, visits, <laughs> visits. <laughs> so this is a chance at deeper connection for the two of you. Now, friend, if you're in the middle of sick kids and you're just sick of it, that's not going to sound very fun. You're like, okay, but I don't need more connection. I just need to get back to the gym really bad because I'm struggling. So if that's you, I get it. Maybe you're like, I'm good on connection. Um, So just remember, some of these thoughts are take them or leave them, and some of them might not serve you, right? And they might serve others. So another one I love is self-care is still possible during sickness. And in fact, it's easier than ever because usually we have to kind of leave and go do stuff. And a lot of times during sick days, you just have to do that stuff at home and it can feel tricky at first, but the fact is you don't have to drive as much anywhere. You save on gas and you get to do a yoga video at home or have a friend come over when your sick child is napping and have a little moment that way. So I know sometimes we despair about getting in the things we care about doing, but I, I invite you to take it as a challenge. Like I challenge you almost like a fun little challenge. We should start a hashtag on Instagram, (laughs) sick kids challenge, but it's like, I challenge you to find ways, find a way to substitute what you normally would be able to do if you didn't have sick kids, how can you still have the feeling that you would feel from whatever that activity is, but just be at home with your kids and be able to do that, right? So you might be like, well, but I can't go to the gym. I can only do weights at home and it's just not the same. But really, if circumstances are neutral, that means the way you think about the gym is creating your experience of it. So can you get yourself into a place where the way that your self-care is going to look today when your kids are sick is actually just as appealing to you and maybe even becomes your new favorite thing over the way you normally do things when your kids are not sick. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Another one of my favorite thoughts is this is our time to slow down. This is the universe signaling to us for whatever reason that it's time to slow down. Again, that's one of those thoughts that inherently adds this sense of purpose to the struggle, purpose to the sickness. Like what if the universe is telling you or giving you a chance to slow down, whether you need to, because you've been running too fast or whether something, you know, a new opportunity or a new challenge is coming up. And so this is kind of gearing you up, resting you up and preparing for that. Or maybe there's going to be a new thing in your, in your child's relationship that's going to create some friction. And so this is extra time to connect before that happens right? If any of these sound a little too happy-go-lucky for you, feel free to leave them or adapt them for what actually works, what your brain will actually believe. Don't just take my thoughts if your brain's not believing them and rejecting them. You've got to find one and modify them if you need to, to find a thought that really actually resonates with you. All right. Another thing I want to address 
is the shame that we sometimes feel to ask for help, specifically when our kids are sick. This is tricky, right? Because we tell ourselves, and I think to some extent, I like to tell myself this, that I can't hire a sitter because I don't want to get her sick. And if she has children, I don't want to get them sick. And I personally like to be careful like that. However, even if that's true, I want to kind of throw out some examples of things you can do when it comes to asking for help that still don't put anybody in the risk of getting what your kids have, but at least help you to still get what you need. So like I already mentioned, doing things at home that you normally have to go out to do, ordering groceries in and just picking them up, or even asking a friend to pick them up for this one time. But also sometimes we just write off our husband and we were like, we're like, oh, he just has to go to work. So we have to deal with this. But if it's been four or five days with sick kids and it's not improving or it's finally starting to prove, but you improve, but you just need some time off, but they're still sick. Consider asking your husband to take a day off or a half day off or to go into work really early when you and the kids are still sleeping and then get home in the early afternoon and be able to take over so you can rest. Okay. When we just tell ourselves that we can't have help because our kids are sick, that's just not true. You can have help. It just has to look different than maybe help normally would look when your kids were not sick. So again, this is where you've got to take it as a challenge. Like how can I still get my needs met without spreading this sickness to anybody else? The other thing I just want to play with here is what if we've got that wrong? What if it's like, we're supposed to spread them to other people? I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just throwing a question out there like a good coach would, but just think about it. Seriously. Like what if we're not supposed to try to protect other families from the cold that our family has. What if it's part of the deal? I'm not saying that's necessarily how I do things. I'm not saying you need to change how you do things. Okay. But at what point does it become worth it to let your sick kids be around other human beings when the trade-off is you are losing your sanity. (laughs) So I just want to give you permission. If you seriously are like so lost in your mind, you can't find yourself because it's been days and days, or for me, it was weeks and months of sick kids. You might just decide that it's okay to, for example, go to a park where there's open fresh air and maybe there are chances of getting other kids sick, but they are less than going to a movie theater where you're sitting right next to people, right? So there are ways that you can kind of be that happy medium and meet yourself halfway to be able to still take care of yourself. The last thing I want to say about this is if you under no circumstances care for yourself while your kids are sick and you get burnt out and you dread it, therefore, because you know, you're just going to get burnt out in your life and your health and happiness and well-being is totally going to be sucked up and stopped by your kids being sick, then we need to have a talk. (laughs) Just kidding. That's what our talk is right now. We're talking. Let's talk about it just for a second. So what are your thoughts that are leading to those actions? Okay. Where you are not taking care of yourself at all. What do you believe about your capacity to give when you're running on empty? Is this a habit that's showing up in other areas of your life and other relationships in your life besides just with your kids, maybe with your husband? Do you tend to, in other areas of your life, or maybe this is what was modeled for you when you were younger, 
Do you tend to overgive, 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 pass up on opportunities to care for yourself and not take advantage of them because you just want to give and please people or whatever. You put people above yourself only to find out that you're completely burnt out and dissolved and lost and disintegrated into your motherhood. If this is you, I want you to seriously take out a piece of paper and write down what are the thoughts and the beliefs that are behind that behavior for you. Why do you believe other people and their comfort and their happiness and well-being are above your own? Now, maybe temporarily for sure, if you want to take a couple days and definitely not do as much as you usually do for yourself because you want to take care of those babies. But when you feel yourself slipping and you're not stepping in to change that and you just tell yourself it's because your kids are sick and this is what you just have to do, you bring this upon yourself. It doesn't have to be that way. So let me offer you some thoughts. You are like the energizer bunny in your family. And if your batteries are low, the whole family can putter out. Okay. When you aren't managing your energy and you let it crash, kind of like when you're hangry because you waited too long to eat, when you overdo it, with caring for your family and you wait too long to take care of yourself to where now you're in the negatives, you're dipping down and there's nothing there to hold on to, to get you through the next two days of sick kids or whatever the circumstance may be. You can't point the finger at the sickness or the husband and his work schedule. Honey, that is you because your health is your responsibility and nobody else is in charge of making sure that you are taken care of. I've said this before on the podcast, but I want to reiterate reiterate it again here in this episode because it's so easy to, without anybody knowing, and for all the glory, right, put ourselves last. And I think one of the reasons we do this is because we don't want our kids to suffer at all. We want to be there every second when they're uncomfortable. But if you going and working out in the garage and doing that video for 30 minutes means that your daughter has a little bit of coughing happening or, you know, is whining for you. As long as the circumstances aren't dire and you're not concerned about them being able to breathe or whatever, girl, go get in that garage. Maybe turn the baby monitor on and bring it with you or have your husband sit up there and listen so that you can just have some time to yourself. But again, nobody can do that for you. That is your responsibility wholly and completely. This means that if you're resenting your husband because your roles are so different and he doesn't have to take care of the sick kids. That means that your self-care needs a check-in and it doesn't mean that it's always easy. I'm not going to tell you that it's super easy to take care of yourself when your kids are sick. It can be tricky. It can be a tricky little dance, but if you're committed to it, it can happen. And if you're not committed to it and you're okay with that, that's okay. But if you're not committed to it and you want to be, and you know that you need to be more committed to it, come talk to me. I can help you but it's totally worth the effort to get there. All right. That about sums up the main points I wanted to talk on with sick babies. Just know that in the right mindset, you can find the solutions and the strategies that you need during sick baby times. But again, again, just to reiterate it, I think for me and for you, it comes down to, are you fighting against this? And begging with the universe to change what's real? Are you wishing for this circumstance not to be here or to be something different? 
Or are you willing to put yourself in a place of empowerment by embracing what is? Byron Katie is sort of a well-known name in the self-help space. And one of her famous quotes is, if you fight against reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. So if you are feeling the friction, if you're feeling the friction during sick kids and you're wishing it away, just ask yourself, could there be a purpose for this? All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. So excited. And in the meantime, I'll see you around Instagram. Take care. Bye. Hey, Lizzie here. If you've been struggling and you're ready for more help, I want to invite you to book a consult with me. I offer free hour long consults where we go over what's not working, your vision for the future of your motherhood, and how I would help you given my tools and expertise. To schedule your free consult, visit my booking page at go.oncehub.com forward slash Lizzie Langston. I fully believe that you can get to where you want to go. I'll see you on the consult.